This week on Tournament Talk, we're talking complexes and game-changing ideas. This is the Tournament Talk Podcast, where your hosts, Tyler Childs and Sean Sinclair, are on a mission to help you make sense of the tournament world, save you time and money by helping you make all the right decisions to streamline and maximize your tournament business, team, club, or lifestyle. Let's get down and start winning at everything. Welcome to another episode of Tournament Talk here. Tyler Childs, attorney boss with Casey Katowski of Future Legends Complex. Uh, Casey is the executive director of operations, and he's joining us today to kind of talk about what they got going on. There's a really big project in the works here, and you should know about it. So we wanted to get Casey on just to jump in. So first, Casey, welcome to the show. Uh, I know going through big projects like it's a lot of fun. So I, we were t- joking about it before we jumped on here, but yeah, you you keep in your sanity. <laughs> trying to man appreciate you having me on tyler yeah well uh the joke is that let's see if i have hair in a couple of years that's right yeah I, we can all appreciate that given what we've all been through in the last couple of months and you add the the scale of what you guys are working on uh it certainly complicates that so you know let's let's do a quick introduction let's let's tell our listeners who casey is uh wh- what's your story uh where where did you come from you know what what are the hometown roots and and we'll we'll pull at that yeah, absolutely. And so I am born and raised in Southern California, uh, specifically the San Fernando Valley. So what I tell people is that I'm a stereotypical Valley boy, but I don't surf. So I'm not stereotypical. Uh, <laughs> but I talk like it for sure. Uh, but I was born and raised in Southern California. Uh, around the sun, anything lower than 70 degrees was considered freezing to us. And so we were always outside and sports was always our biggest passion in my family. We've been in the sports field for about 25, 30 years within the family. Uh, I have for about a decade. And so I, I did my education. I worked in, in the field that I needed to to get to the place where I am now. I played my whole life in terms of baseball. I was a pitcher. Uh, I didn't throw very hard, but I got a lot of ground balls. And so uh, when I tried to throw a little too hard one day, my UCL and my elbow snapped and uh, no more throwing for Casey. And so oh, no. I figured if, if I can't, play anymore I might as well be in the front office side so uh, I went to school for it went to graduate school uh, moved all around the country as you do in sports I'm sure you know Tyler uh, pretty much all the big cities that you can imagine and now being in, in Colorado uh, in the Fort Collins area has been a little bit uh, of a fresh air uh, awakening to me for sure and so that's kind of uh, just a quick story of my life but uh, a lot of different things that I've had to do in, in sports to get here and but here I am I can certainly appreciate the uh, the not throwing hard. I still play today. So Sean, who is normally on the other end of the mic here with me, we play in an over 30 league up here and it's phenomenal. Like you get a whole bunch of like ex-college guys and then you got a whole bunch of journeymen that are just looking to get out and run the bases. So you get a, a huge mix, but I, I'm a ground ball guy myself. I broke my finger when I was a kid. And oh, wow. so my middle finger tails off. So as long as I stay on top of the ball, I get this nasty down and in sink. And it just, the way it slips out of my fingers, it's, it's pretty tough to get a barrel on. So I appreciate the ground ball world uh, in a big, big way. But, you know, talk about um, baseball. Did you play base? You said played baseball in college. Where, where did you play in college? So I actually got hurt during recruitment. Oh, no. Uh, so uh, I had a couple of schools that were recruiting me on the West Coast. I wanted to stay on the West Coast. 
uh, having my family being in LA, I wanted to be somewhat far away where you get that college experience, but not too far away that you're on a different time zone. And so during recruitment is actually when I try to throw a little bit too hard. I try to impress the college scouts. Uh, and Santa Clara was actually my top choice. And during a recruitment event at Santa Clara, uh, try to throw 99 when I was really throwing 83 and uh, <laughs> no more elbow. That's right. Yeah, no, I can appreciate that. That's the velos that I, I like to think I'm throwing, but not quite there. So let's yeah. let's talk about, let's shift away from the playing career then. And how, how did you make that decision to go into the business lane? And then, and where did, where did you start? Like, what was the first, like, I'm going to work in sports experience? Yeah, absolutely. So being a sports fanatic my entire life, I, I was telling you this, Tyler, before, you know, my, my dad's side of the family is all from Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, if you know anything about Pittsburgh, Sports is a religion there, more so, in my opinion, than any other city in the country, uh, including Boston and Philadelphia. Everything that, that you do in Pittsburgh revolves around Steeler games and what the Pirates are doing and Penguins and Pitt football. And so growing up in that mentality, everything we did revolved around sports. You know, that's, that's just how I, I grew up, and that's how I was able to connect with a lot of different life decisions was kind of through that sports lens. And my family has been in professional sports for a while. We've owned uh, a couple different minor league baseball teams. So growing up, you know, I've always been a part of that kind of realm. Mm-hmm. And in terms of what I did personally, I wanted to find my own path. I know it's it's difficult for a lot of people in certain industries when you grow up in it to either decide you want to just go into the family business, you want to do something on your own. Uh, and so I, I wanted to kind of pave my own path and learn the things that I needed to do to feel comfortable with the things that I'm doing. And so you know, in college, I did a bunch of internships. The first real one that I did in sports, I was a part of something called the Manhattan Sports Business Academy that uh, has been around since, I think, 2011. And what they do is they pair you in New York. You go out for a full summer in New York City. They pair you with a, a company to work, you know, during the day. And then you speak with different executives around the city at night. And so that really opened my eyes talking with different people from different industries in sports because it's kind of its own sub-industry, you know, the agency world, the team world, you're working for leagues, uh, marketing companies. And so that really opened my eyes that it doesn't have to just be selling tickets. It doesn't have to just be social media, especially with uh, people that have grown up in the last you know, 15 to 30 years. Social media and selling tickets are kind of the two easy ways to get into sports, or at least easy ways to start. And so I, I kind of wanted to be a little bit more than that. I wanted to go into the operational side and really be a part of a managing team that added to the experience to fans that I expect as a fan myself, you know, the sports industry, you're a consumer. You're not just somebody that's putting something out there that you don't really have a lot of faith in or are not passionate about. When you work in sports, you work in sports because you are a fan of sports and everybody that watches sports likes it as well. And so I really wanted to be a part of that and fan experience really entertained, you know, my thought process and being in sports. And so after that, I worked in college athletics for a long time, half a decade, in mostly men's basketball and women's basketball. I love college basketball. Most human beings do. It's yeah. just like anything else, uh, except not. Uh, it's, it's so much different in terms of, of what you have to do to prepare than any other company, in my opinion. Whether you're in the financial service, whether you work for, uh, I don't know, agriculture or any other field it's so different to work in sports specifically in college athletics because it's every day you don't know what hours you're working. You don't know what <laughs> games are happening. I'm sure you know this too, Tyler. Absolutely. 
Well, it so always amazes me, like how many people in, in outside of our industry go, "Oh, you're so lucky. It's so easy to be in fun." It's like, it, it's a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong. We love what we do, but do you think it's easy? And you think that the hours are nine to five? You are very, very wrong. Yeah, exactly. It's not a lot of sleep for sure. Uh, Absolutely, a lot, of, a lot of easy mac and ramen. Well, that's right. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's that's one of the hardest parts I'd say in our industry is is eating healthy and properly when you're moving as fast as you have to move uh, to fit everything into your day. So I, I agree with that one big time. So what was the what was the segue into the current role then? You know, obviously a, a, a big time um, college opportunity. How how do you make the jump into the current role? Yeah. So after I worked in college athletics, I worked for Under Armour back in the Bay Area, mainly in the corporate sponsorships and partnerships area. Uh, it was a very good experience for me. I was there in, in the Bay Area for a little while. Uh, I enjoyed what I did, but it wasn't the sports focused position that I had worked for. You know, a lot of it is is behind the scenes business stuff. You don't really you know, I didn't I didn't talk to Steph Curry every day uh, as much as people think I did. Uh, <laughs> It's not, it wasn't what I needed to do to fulfill my dreams of, of being an influence in the sports world in a certain way. And so, uh, as I said before, my family's been in sports for a while. This has been a dream for myself, my father, the rest of my family members to create a complex like this and joining an investor team that has the same goal. You know, they needed somebody to run it. And a couple of them had the idea of, well, why don't we see if, if Casey is interested in this and, you know, convincing convincing me to, to do a, a complex like this and to run it didn't really take much convincing. Right. Uh, and so I wanted to make sure that it was, the, it was the right decision for everybody that they, they wanted to make sure that I was the right person. And I, you know, had to move my stuff and uh, my girlfriend and I had to move to Colorado and she's from the Bay area and the Sacramento area. So she likes the sun. So convincing her to go to the cold is not easy. Uh, so shout out to her for that. Right. Uh, but so that's how this kind of came into fruition. And I've been here for about a year now. And there's a lot of dirt. There's a lot of construction going on. But what we can accomplish, man, is about as passionate as I've ever been about anything in my life. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see it. I mean, I, I'm with you in terms of impacting the industry in a big way. You know, we've talked about it in the past. Like, there's just so many things that are out there in our industry, so many things that are done right, some things that are done wrong, and some things that are just outdated, right? So, you know, it's, it's really awesome when you can put your hands on an opportunity like you have to really make that change happen. And so congrats on that. I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes. So, so let's get into the facility, right? I mean, it's one of those ones that if you're really deep into our industry, you know about it, but there's a lot of teams and, and potential event organizers out there that are probably not familiar with what you guys are working on. So, so tell us about future legends. What is the facility? And then maybe what, what is the plan to separate yourself from the other facilities around the country? Yeah. Great question. So what kind of started the dream that we had was, you know, I, I grew up playing in a lot of these tournaments that you're talking about, Tyler. And when you have certain experiences, you know what you like and you know what things you wish existed and what you don't like about certain things. And so our dream was to create a complex where it combined all the things that we felt a youth complex should have and then combining the other things that we know how to do, you know, my father's in the retail law space, uh, building hotels, building restaurants. How do we incorporate that into a complex? How do we bring professional sports? How do we make sure that the experience is all encompassing with a complex like this instead of just somewhat encompassing? Uh, and so when we came up with this idea, 
things just kept getting added and added and added. And so now if you look at the rendering, which if, if you go on the website, uh, futurelegendscomplex.com, you guys can check out the rendering yourself uh, and see it. We have almost two dozen outdoor fields. We're able to build an indoor facility that's, I believe, is the third biggest in the country in terms of the size. It's twice the size of the Broncos practice facility, which is hilarious. Uh, indoors, you'll have one side is basketball and volleyball. The other side is, is another multi-purpose field. And having an indoor facility like that in northern Colorado makes a ridiculous amount of sense. Having a professional stadium in the center of our complex that'll host professional teams one of the first in Northern Colorado right now, there's one uh, minor league hockey team that exists and they sell out every game They're the Colorado Eagles and adding uh, one, potentially two minor league teams to this region that's growing like crazy was an incredible opportunity to kind of branch upon. And then from there uh, we were able to build two hotels or are building two hotels that are on the center of our complex. You don't have to leave. We have a 64-team dormitory that when players come to play in our tournaments, our national tournaments of whatever sports that we offer, they can stay away from their parents with the rest of their teammates. You know, each room fits 12 to 14 people with two coaches, a very Cooperstown-like experience, and they get to have a good time with their buddies and, and learn about teamwork and have camaraderie at the age of 12 that you don't get anywhere else, while their parents stay 300 yards away in a nationally flagged hotel. And on top of that, you have dozens of restaurants, you have uh, a bunch of, of concourse areas for food trucks and other entertainment features that it's really all encompassing when I say that. And there's, there's another aspect to it that I'm gonna get to in a second that we're really passionate about, but that's, that's kind of the overall spiel of what the complex entails. And I think it's, it's somewhat self-explanatory of what that differentiates between other places because nobody else has that. Yeah, absolutely. No, I've, I've seen the rendering and we've talked about it in the past and it's, it's very exciting. I mean, it's one of those uh projects that not everybody can take on and not every area is perfect for it i spend a lot of time in in your area of the country because one of our our core members of our team is located not far from the facility so I, i'm quite familiar with what you're excited about in the area and i i mean i can't wait to see it dropped into that community uh so all of that has been been going on and in ramping up in the last you know a uh, couple of years here as you guys move towards an open date, but what, what effect has COVID put on that? I know we talked uh, briefly in the past about construction and those sort of things, but is there any other major uh, conflicts that COVID has created for you guys during this process? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're, we're in a position where, first of all, uh, condolences to anybody out there that's dealing with COVID right now and, and want to make sure that, that the safety of you know, our colleagues and anybody out there in the country and the world are able to put uh, the best health in their family. Uh, and we're, we're no different than anybody else. You know, when we build something like this, there's a lot of, of strategy that goes along. There's a lot of construction. COVID has not really been our best friend, for sure. Uh, I don't have a good relationship with COVID. We've been fighting a lot. However, we're very lucky that we're not opening up this summer. You know, our, our soft open is next July of 21. Our hard open is March of 22. And so with that date, if we have to worry about COVID within that time frame, we have bigger issues to worry about. Uh, but in terms of now, our focus is planning for when the rainy days are over, making sure our construction schedule stays. We have the construction permits to keep building and you know, hiring when we need to, which is very, very soon, including we actually just hired a couple of people this week uh, to make sure that we can start preparing for 
what's to come. A lot of these tournaments and events that happen, as you know, Tyler, they take months, if not years, to plan ahead of time. And so that's the stage that we're in now. And we have to look for a brighter day. We have to be prepared for success. Because if we're not prepared for success, we only have backup plans. Right? There's, there's your, your cheesy Casey quote of the podcast. <laughs> I, I mean, it's true though, right? I mean, it really is exactly how people have to think about it. I mean, we've talked about it in previous episodes. The thing we've tried to encourage events, right? And now you guys are facility a little bit different, but in the same breath is what is the, the worst case scenario and you plan backwards from there to best case because best case right. is easy, right? Like, you know, you know what best case is going to be. It's going to go perfectly. That's easy to do. Anybody with a spreadsheet can, can build out easy. Um, but, but it's those other problems they have to try to think about as you move along. So, uh, any of those things led to something that you guys have installed something into your business now that will be a little bit more permanent as a result of that, you know, obviously there's safety measures and those sort of things. So do you have any examples of any things that you guys have said, okay, we're going to need to nip this. Let's do it now. Knowing, you know, that public safety thing will be a big component of events in the future. Yeah, that's a great question. And honestly, there's a lot of things that we can do to better the safety, whether COVID existed or not. I mean, I, I think uh, one of the benefits that a lot of companies like us can take from very little benefit of COVID anyways, is that we need to be more safe. We need to make safety a priority and health a priority. Uh, and so I'm sure social distancing will continue to be somewhat of a thing into the new normal, uh, making sure we incorporate that. When, since we have different lodging services on our complex or will in our hotels and our dorms, making sure that uh, we have the necessary precautions if certain things happen, that safety, again, and, and cleanliness and health is put at the forefront. You know, if we do have a communal bathroom, we got to make sure that those make sense for everybody to use. If we have facilities that everybody's using collectively, that is properly cleaned, that people feel comfortable using it. Because the worst thing that can happen is somebody gets sick, and now the rest of the complex gets sick, we got to shut down. And yep. so we'd rather be over, overly uh, cautious then under cautious and no more future legends. Well, it's a great way to look at it. Cause I mean, I've been watching as things have unfolded and events have started to open up the idea of running their business again. And there's been a abundance of, Hey, we're taking precautions. But then when you really look closer, there's a whole bunch of events that have been operating that really aren't delivering that extra level of safety that you're talking about. So good for right. you guys to, to see it that way. It's the right perspective moving forward. And if you get more lenient over time, that means the culture and the environment around this virus is, is loosening up. And that's a lot easier to do than to shut down, like you're saying. So For sure. kudos to you guys. Um, with all of that, you know, obviously, there's different challenges that pop up along the way. Uh, what, what are some of those big challenges that you guys still face as your development moves towards the finish line? You know, maybe something that shifts away from what the virus has dropped on our lap. What are the big hurdles left for you guys to accomplish? Yeah, I, there's definitely a couple of, I would say, relatively obvious ones. You know, being in Colorado, I don't control the weather. Uh, my mom controls the weather. Uh, <laughs> I don't, personally. And so, you know, if we get hit with a big storm, your construction schedule is a week later. Right. If you get hit with uh, a pandemic like this that we can't foresee, that changes your strategy. So those are definitely challenges. Is The sports world is affected by unforeseen type of events, maybe more so than a lot of other industries. So that's one obvious one. Uh, secondly, there are other complexes out there that might not do everything that we do, but they have a certain history with certain people. 
And you have to earn that trust. You have to earn that recognition and precedent in an industry that families have certain ties to. Uh, and travel is a big deal with that. And if travel is going to be delayed due to the pandemic, that's a challenge. We're a nationally uh, run event tournament complex. And if people don't feel comfortable flying uh, or traveling from across the country, then that's something we have to deal with. And so while we don't see that being too much of an issue, you again, you have to prepare for that happening and seeing what you have to do in order to ensure that you can still be a profitable company and still, you know, succeed with the mission that you have. And our, our mission, we talk about this, Tyler, is to be an all-inclusive complex. And when I say that, that's not just of all the things we're offering, it's all the people that we offer it to. Yeah. Diversity, all different types of backgrounds, all different types of abilities and age groups. That is extremely important to us. It's honestly the most important thing to us is that everybody out there that wants to play sports, that wants to be outdoors and play with a bunch of other people that want to do the same thing, no matter what their, their ability level is, no matter what their background is, we want to be able to provide that. And good for you guys. I mean, it, it's, it is 2020. I mean, it's, it's sad that there's, there's pockets of the world that that's not happening. Um, right. But, but I agree. I mean, sports, I've said this from the beginning, like I, I would love to see sports void of politics, of race, of gender, of anything. Sports is such a powerful unit, right? When used properly, like you should be able to just go be yourself, do your thing and leave all that other stuff behind. So good for you guys. I can't wait to see it in action. Um, let's, let's talk about, you know, you mentioned getting some of that trust and moving some of those people away from different facilities into yours or creating new opportunities. You know, wh what do event organizers need to know? How, how are you looking to, um, attract them? Right. And, and what, what is it that, that you guys are going to be offering to them that, that sets you apart? Yeah. The three major things that you hear about in terms of what a consumer looks for in purchasing an experience is the experience itself, convenience, and dollars, right? Those are the three things that most people think about is if I'm going to go to this concert, how expensive is the concert? What is the experience going to be like? And how easy is it for me to get there, right? And so what we are trying to offer is we're trying to make sure that we adapt those three things to whatever consumer that we want to reach out to. If it's a traveling family that is used to traveling to different complexes for their son or daughter, uh, playing whatever sport that they do, whether it's baseball, soccer, lacrosse. How do we make sure that our experience offers that convenience to them, the experience they can't get anywhere else? And that comes at a competitive price point that, you know, they don't, they don't look at the other two things and say, well, that makes sense, but, you know, this is $4 million for me to send my kid here. Uh, and so... The good thing about what we have that we actually don't need to control is we're 45 minutes away from one of the biggest intermediary airports in the country in terms of Denver. In terms of location, anywhere in the country is, is very easily accessible to the Denver airport. Not everyone in the country is easily accessible to upper New York or to southern Missouri. Uh, you can be in Seattle. You can be in Florida. You can be in Pittsburgh. It's the same flight to Denver. So that's one of the things in terms of convenience that allows us to be more successful. It's just based on sheer location. It's much easier to run a national tournament when you're in the center of the country. Yeah, I agree. And, that, and that's fantastic. I mean, I love the Denver airport. Everybody always talks about how 
big it is. And I'm just like, yeah, I, I don't even notice when I fly through it. I find it to be one of the easier airports to deal with um, personally. Um, right. I like to fly United through there. That's, that's the one I like, but you know, everybody else has their different opinions. So, um, you know, it's one of those things like you, you touched on letting everybody play and, and the price. So I, I really think that's one of the byproducts that you'll see come out of COVID right? Is that that value proposition be really at the core of yep. youth and amateur sports, right? Those out of control hotel prices or, you know, marginalized uh, events that are either trying to make up lost revenue. I think there's going to be a lot of penalties for offering services like that. So I can't wait to see some of the price points and how you guys are doing these things. Because um, it's super exciting. I know you mentioned July is target for open date. Is there anything big on the calendar already? And if there's if there's openings, what what groups are you looking to attract at this point? I know baseball is obviously at the center, but I think maybe go into what um, facilities you guys have to offer and who should be reaching out to you guys. Yeah, no, absolutely. I appreciate the question, Tyler. And address the, the last thing that you said too in terms of price point. What's good for us and, and good in general for parents and the people that book the tournaments. A lot of the time, when you take a tournament trip. You're paying for the tournament either per team or per player. You have to find a hotel. You have to buy the flight. You have to get the rental car most of the time. You have to buy the food, and you got to enjoy the actual experience. So whatever experience fees you want to go with that, that's very expensive. Whatever we can include in the overall tournament package that doesn't allow or that, that takes away that stress from the parents to book those other things, when you have a dorm, when you have food that you provide, when you have the jerseys and hats, that you provide to every kid. All of a sudden, if they can pay that in one fee, they don't have to worry about where their kids are gonna stay, what the kids are eating, what they're gonna wear. All they have to worry about is booking a hotel for themselves. Uh, and in terms of transportation, you know, we're able to hopefully partner with a couple companies that allows transportation directly from the airport to our complex. They don't have to rent a car. They can get here with their entire team and all of their bags in a certain shuttle that we'll provide to them. They don't have to rent a car. So they really only have to worry about the hotel room for themselves. And that, in terms of cost, makes it way easier for them to book a tournament with us than another tournament where you got to focus on those eight different things you got to utilize. And so what we talk about with our schedule, so the reason why we say our soft opening is July is because based on the construction schedule with COVID that we have now, we want to be uh, completely sure that whatever we offer to our consumers is the best thing that we can offer. It's the full experience. And if next year in August, only one of the hotels is done, only half the restaurants are done, that's not the full Future Legends experience that we're promising. That's why we're saying our hard opening is March of 22. That's our yep. first full year. But next year, we plan on having a couple of smaller tournaments. Uh, we'll have different tournament companies come in to throw their tournaments on our complex. We'll have our own uh, dorm style tournaments towards the end of the year. Uh, and especially for winter, having the indoor facility, you can play a bunch of indoor sports that you can travel for, uh, volleyball, basketball, indoor soccer, et cetera. So those type of things you will definitely see in 21. In 22, you'll see that full slate of ridiculous amount of tournaments. And I mean, yeah. every week, every weekend, 365 days a year. That's awesome. I mean, I, I, I can't wait to see it. I mean, there's, there's other complexes out there that have you know, the mega of one or two sports, right? Whether it be baseball or, or the field sports and soccer or the indoor basketball, but it really is one of the things where you guys are incorporating almost all of those together. So right. it's a really cool opportunity. 
Can't wait to see it. Uh, what are you most excited for? I know we've been through through these yeah. things. I love this question because I'm I'm curious to hear what you have to say. Uh, there's a lot going on. What's the one thing that Casey's the most excited for? So I have two for you, Tyler. I okay, know perfect. I just the rules <laughs> it's all good. Uh, the first thing is, and I said earlier that I was going to mention the other feature uh, in our complex that we're extremely passionate about. One of our fields in the center of our complex is actually tailored for special needs, special abilities, and disabled uh, kids. That's not something that a lot of people thought that we could do uh, with everything going on in terms of the investment, the partnerships you need to have. But we are extremely passionate, as I said before, Tyler, of making this an all-inclusive part. And there are people out there that don't feel like their abilities fit with every other kid out there in the country. If they're an amputee, if they have cerebral palsy, if they have something uh, that takes them away from the mindset that they can be future legends like the other kids out there that they deem are normal and having a, a field that's dedicated to those kids that's in the center of our complex that gives them the same opportunity as everybody else. Having multiple events that are baseball, wiffle ball, kickball, that they get to focus on them, that they really feel like they're the, the, the people that can be future legends. So that is what I'm most passionate about for sure. Uh, the, the second thing is having a dorm on your complex is so unheard of in the way that we're doing it. You know, there are people out there, there are complexes out there that have different barracks where individual teams have their own kind of uh, mini house. Uh, there is no other complex that has a 64-team dormitory that can fit almost 1,000 people and connect with kids around, all around the country, let alone world, once we have international events. You know, when you're 10 to 12 years old, that's when I argue is the most fun part of your sports experience. You watch the Little League World Series, you either remember who wins or you remember how much fun these kids have. They get to talk with, with other kids like them around the whole world that love baseball, that love soccer, that love lacrosse, et cetera. And to have a dorm where everybody gets to stay in the same place, kind of like an Olympic village, man, we're so dang pumped for that. And to build that in the right way that we're trying to do with the construction companies that we have with both Hensel Phelps and Galloway, uh, two of the best in the business, the stuff that we can do with that dorm year round, I've lost sleep over how excited I am. To be <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I mean, my family owned a hotel growing up, so I always appreciated the travel element of, of participating in events. And some of my best friends, even to this day, I grew up in those travel events with, right? So I, I certainly think as we have evolved as an industry and you see all of these recruiting level events and the showcase stuff, and even the teams that fly kids all over the country, you've really lost touch with that element. So getting back to those roots, I love it. Love, love to hear that because it's a big part of our space. And I think something that, that needs to be brought back to the forefront. And I hope one of the byproducts of this virus is that it becomes something that's a top line item again, because it's, it's such a core part of, of, you know, you and I and many other people in our age group that have grown up on the early days of the evolution of our industry. And I know it's changed me for the better uh, through different experiences. And I, I got to imagine you have several along the way uh, yourself, uh, the reason you feel that way. So um, with all that said, you know, it's pretty cool. I, I mean, I'm, I'm very, very excited to see where you're going. How can people get a hold of you? So let's, let's say 
uh, you've got event organizers that are hearing about the complex for the first time or teams that want to find out how they can participate, where, where are they going to get this information? Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll give you both personally and business-wide. Uh, personally, I'm, I'm pretty dang accessible. I try <laughs> to make myself as accessible as I can. Uh, I, I try and be... So the reason why I do that is because I grew up in a space where not everybody was accessible. And I remember thinking to myself, why you're not greater than anybody for once you hit a certain extent. Once you, you reach a certain level, you should be more accessible, not less accessible. So you know, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, MySpace, I don't care. Whatever you want to reach out to me, I'll, I'm going to take the time to, to answer your questions. And in terms of business, our website has a couple of different inquiry forms. Uh, one for general contact, one for sponsorship, and then one for tournament inquiries. Once we have our tournaments uh, up on the website, which should be in the next five or six months, I would say, for the next couple of years, then you'll have direct uh, contact forms for those. But if you're interested in being a part of our tournaments, you know, we, we get an absurd amount of interest already, which is great. Uh, but for the certain tournaments that we will have, the certain events that we will have, both sporting and non-sporting, uh, we'll have concerts and festivals and stuff too that uh, there's a couple of forms you can email me personally i'll have uh my uh, either tyler send out my email or it's pretty easy to find on the internet uh or the info at futurelegendscomplex.com email uh, we check that very regularly if you have any questions at all about any tournaments or events you know we try to make sure to answer everybody's absolutely and, and on social they can find the complex uh they can. at future complex across the board kind of thing yeah it's uh you know twitter i think it's fl complex Facebook is Future Legends Complex. Instagram, I think, the same thing. If you type in Future Legends Complex, it'll come up on all the platforms. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, I, I'm excited to see it. Uh, be sure to to hit up Casey and the team and get out to the complex in late 21 or into the 22 season. I mean, I I certainly the minute uh, our government allows us to cross the border, I'm going to come down and and we're gonna we're gonna have a beer and and catch up here. So uh, I'm excited to see it. Can't wait to to see you guys hit the ground running and uh we'll, we'll definitely stay in touch as things develop and, and build up here so i want to say thanks casey for coming on today it's been great having you yeah thank you again for having me tyler what you guys do for the industry is incredible any way that we can be a part of it uh we're going to try and too and the platform that you guys have created has been you know incredible to see so whatever we can do to help you guys out uh both the listeners and you personally tyler and the company uh, and the podcast, uh, very honored to be on it. Uh, Want to make sure that we can be as successful to you as well. Wonderful. We appreciate that. And thanks again. And we'll have to do it again. Once we get up and running, we'll do the update uh, when you guys are going. And, you know, your time will be a little more valuable And at that point, I'm sure. But uh, we'll, maybe we'll do one on site uh, when we come down and see you.